What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I'm joined here today by Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. Here for Week 10 Matchup Previews Podcast. Soppy, how are we doing here on this fine Friday morning? We're doing good. We had some technical difficulties, but not as many difficulties as Thursday Night Football had. So I feel like we're in a better spot than the NFL, and we've got, you know, a big week of football coming up, even though the marquee games are few and far between i mean let's uh, yeah um i really don't even know like what there is to like sugarcoat what happened last night on national television like i really don't the fact that we had to bring in jason kelsey into the booth to spice things up for that game kind of just says everything that needs to be said there um are there any legitimately like we we go right from an intro we go right into thursday night football takeaways normally here for this podcast like is there anything to take away from last night from this game? I The only one that I can think of is potentially Adam Thielen. But that was dominant the early part of the season and then now has kind of fallen off. But I'll throw it to you. Thursday night football takeaways. Is there legitimately anything to take away from this snooze fest between the Bears and Panthers? Yeah, my takeaway is that we don't have to watch either one of these teams for the rest of week 10. I, I think we as a fantasy nation are now ahead of the game that we have these two teams behind us given the firepower on bye week. Adam Thielen, it is what it is. You've got a rookie quarterback. The target share was still over 29%. Like, he's still getting the looks. 10 targets has got to be more than 42 yards. That's just the way it is. But Bryce Young, obviously struggling in a big way right now. And the the Bears' defense isn't that bad. So, I I get it. But, yeah, I mean, if you told me Adam Thielen was where he is through 10 weeks, you'd still be thrilled with that investment way back in August. That's very true. I think that people have... Got had gotten to the point where it's like, okay, we're now starting to talk about Adam Thielen as a top 15 wide receiver for the remainder right. of the year, starting to put him into that conversation. I mean, I had him ranked as a top 10 wide receiver again this week, and yet at the same time, Bryce Young just not getting it done here this season. We'll see what happens here moving forward, but Adam Thielen, you definitely have to downgrade him in the rest of season rankings. I think if you've got him on your roster, you're still holding on to him. You can't sell him right now with his value at rock bottom guys the nfl keeps moving and super draft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for pfn listeners imagine this christian mccaffrey's current line is 0.5 rushing yards but wait there is more sign up now and score an instant 20 dollars deposit bonus on deposits of 20 dollars or more when you use the promo code pfn don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry claim your free play and bonus today with the link right here in your podcast or youtube show description Everything that we are about to talk about here in this Week 10 matchup previous podcast can be found in the Week 10 cheat sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. Kyle Soppy pours his entire being into this article here from Sunday afternoon all the way through Wednesday evening when it gets submitted to our amazing team of editors here at Pro Football Network. So you need to check this out if we do not go as in-depth into a player that you have on your roster as you would have hoped. The information that you need to know can be found right there in the cheat sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. Additionally, we are recording this here Friday morning. We talk about this every single Friday morning. That we do not have the latest practice reports here for Friday. We do not have all the information that you will have as you listen to this. So news.pfnfantasy.com is where you need to go for our free news tracker to keep up to date here on all the relevant information, the fantasy takeaways, everything that you need to know here. Make sure to check that out. News.pfnfantasy.com. The link for that can also be found right here in your podcast or youtube show description let's get into it here colts at the patriots here the 9 30 game this sunday morning as we look at gardner Minshew here outside of the top 15 quarterbacks on the week so let's go to the running backs here jonathan taylor zach moss we started to see jonathan taylor separate himself from moss here this past week do we expect that to continue here in week 10 I don't know if we start to see it or we just got it. Like, we got what we were looking for. Jonathan Taylor being used like he was back in 2021. I don't think there's any reason to think that flips here. Zach Moss has been productive, and they're phasing him out. Imagine if he has a bad game here and there. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor back in my running back one conversation. Zach Moss off my flex radar. No reason to go that low. It was a solid day at the office last week for Ramondre Stevenson. What are we doing here with Stevenson in a plus matchup up against the Indianapolis Colts defense? He's running back 27 for me. He's about where he's always is. He had a 64-yard rushing touchdown last week. Great. Good for him. It happens. We went over this on the podcast earlier. A blind squirrel finds a nut on occasion. He didn't have 64 rushing yards in a game this season, and he breaks one carry that does that and gets you your fantasy points. I get it. It looks, you know, 15 points or whatever it was on your bench. Hurts. It hurts the soul to see, but don't make, don't double down on a mistake and throw him into lineups, assuming that it's here again. He's a flex play at best for me this week. 
I'm going to differ a little bit here. Now, that feels gross to say because I'm not the biggest Ramondre Stevenson fan in the world. No. But I do think that Ramondre Stevenson is a fine play because of the matchup here this week. And the fact okay. that we have four teams on by, four major teams on by here this week. So Ramondre Stevenson hovering around that RB20 to 22 range in my okay. rankings here. Just a little bit higher. I do think that he deserves consideration in a plus matchup. Indianapolis Colts allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs here this season. As we look at the wide receivers here, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, how are we approaching here the Indianapolis Colts wide receivers? Pittman's got to be in there. Downs, we don't know with the injury. There's still some concerns there. New England isn't great, but their best part of their team is their defense. So there's that. Pittman locked into lineups for me. Downs is more of a low-end flex play. But again, that's that we're health-related. You look on these... Wide receiver charts, there's a lot of cues going up and down. Yep. So make sure you do check that news tracker. You're back here Sunday morning, 11 a.m. We'll be helping you out all the way up until kickoff. So there's no reason to not kind of do that right now. I have Josh Downs as wide receiver 30. Like he's penciled into my flex conversation, but that could swing drastically if we get health news in one, one direction or the other. Right. That is a big thing here with a lot of the we there will be a ton of classifications, a ton of like, hey, we need to talk about this potential scenario here with all these wide receivers. Like you mentioned, there are a ton of players that are banged up here going into week 10. So we will talk through that here on Sunday morning. YouTube.com slash PFN fantasy. Let's talk about Demario Douglas here has been providing a very high floor for fantasy managers here the past several weeks. Does he crack the top 36 wide receivers for you? He's not for me. If we're if we're worried about Adam Thielen and his value under Bryce Young then how can you be much more confident in a Mac Jones led offense here with a receiver that's proven less I understand the thought process here he's a poor man's Michael Thomas to me and we saw Michael Thomas get shut out so I mean even the floor for a guy that's better than him in the exact same role is concerning to me I think there's more floor than there is ceiling here so I'm not flexing him this week which game will be more exciting last night again Bears Panthers or 9 30 a.m on the Colts and Patriots see to me this is like asking what your favorite season is I I like <laughs> fall a lot but fall leads into winter and that leads into a downgrade so I prefer spring to fall because spring leads to summer in this case you've got a 930 football game it could be garbage but it leads us into seven more hours of football so I'm gonna prefer the Sunday morning game to the Thursday nighter that just literally put me to bed because I had nothing else to do that was a fantastic segue Kyle Sapi that was amazing well done all right uh no other fantasy relevant players to talk about here in this matchup so let's keep moving on here let's go to Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals here in this one CJ Stroud wow 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 coming off of a fantastic performance here last week is he locked into uh, starting lineups here at the quarterback position in week 10 I think he's got to be moving forward we'll see I mean but you have three all pros on by this week so that basically saying he's a top a starting lineup guy this week means he's top 15 the rest of the way, which he is for me. He's quarterback eight in this spot. I could very easily see ranking him higher coming off of the historic week nine against the Bucks. I don't think he does that again. I'll take the under on 470 passing yards in this spot, especially against the Bengals defense. It's good, but him and Burrow could very easily go back and forth. If this game's played in the high 20s, low 30s, I wouldn't be shocked to see both of them be top six, seven, eight quarterbacks this week. This is going to be a fun game to watch here. I do have CJ Stroud right in that same range of rankings for you and uh, as you and Joe Burrow, quarterback two on the week here. You're getting him into starting lineups. Let's go to the running backs here. Damian Pierce missing practice both on Wednesday and Thursday. Looks like he is going to miss yet another week here. What are we doing with Devin Singletary? Saw a ton of volume or opportunity in week nine. Yeah, you know what he did with that volume and opportunity? He did his best Damian Pierce impersonation a week after Halloween he put on his Damian Pierce mask and said let me get my 2.7 yards per carry like I'm not worried about the running backs in this offense at all Singletary a little more appealing to me than Pierce if we're judging them by their own own value if they're the lead back because I think he offers a little more pass catching upside but you're talking minimal this offensive line obviously can't block and they're committed to CJ Stroud airing it out and airing it out to to Tank Dell, to Nico Collins, to Dalton Schultz, to Brown, to basically anybody but the running backs. To me, no Houston Texan running back is worthwhile in your lineup. All right, so there will be people that will have to make some flex decisions here. Would you go Devin Singletary or would you go Jalen Warren up against the Green Bay Packers? We'll get to that game in a minute. This is assuming Pierce is out? Yes, yes, correct. I'll go, I'll forget it. I'll go Warren. The Packers given up 2.3 yards per carry over the last two games, so that means it could be this short passing game to supplement the run. Say Warren gets his four to six targets. If that means a handful of catches and he gets 10 carries again, I think that's enough to get past Singletary. 
All right, Joe Mixon at RB9 on the week in my rankings here this week up against the Houston Texans. Let's go to the wide receivers here. Nico Collins missing practice also on Wednesday and Thursday. We will see if he makes it back here in a limited fashion here this week. Let's assume that, I mean, if he's playing, he's into lineups as a top Easy. 24 wide receiver. Like he's with CJ Stroud playing as well with the projected game script over under in this one. Yeah, he's into lineups here. Uh, let's assume that he's out for this one. Where would you be putting Tank Dell in your wide receiver rankings? Tank Dell is a fringe flex play for me with Collins in there. So if he's out, you're talking... I'll, I'd elevate him up to the low 20s, so he'd be a wide receiver two for me. That's right in the DK Metcalf range at this point. It's at Chris Godwin. He offers the type of upside that you want. Obviously, the floor is low. We know that. But the Bengals have the highest opponent ADOT in the league this season. Teams are trying them deep down the field. That's where Tank Dell wins. It comes with risk-reward. I mentioned him on the DFS podcast this week as an option there. I like him more in that kind of format because you can absorb – some risk, some reward. Obviously, if you're playing in the GPP and looking for a big score, you're not worried about the downside. You want the ceiling, and the ceiling is six catches for a buck forty and a touchdown. Like we just right. saw it. He could get there again this week in a potential shootout. I think there's just as much as risk as reward. If Collins is out, though, that target share does spike. Tank Dell at wide receiver 23 on the week here for me, assuming that Nico Collins does miss this one. So right in that same range that you were talking about there. As we look at, uh, and, and other players here in this offense, Noah Brown, they're out, Robert Woods, if he makes it back, they're all outside of that top 48 consideration here, guys, that you should not be looking at unless you're in a super, super deep league. Uh, as we look at the Cincinnati Bengals side of things here, T. Higgins missing practice on both Wednesday and Thursday, and it has now come out that he is projected to miss this game already, which is not a great sign. Now listed as more of week to week here after a very solid performance. So we will see if he makes it back for week 11. Jamar Chase also banged up here in this one, but does look like he is going to make it back. He got an unlimited practice yesterday. We will see the practice reports here from today. If Jamar Chase plays, you're playing him. Groundbreaking analysis there. The one player that I did want to talk about here before we move off of this is Tyler Boyd. If T. Higgins is going to miss, which all signs are pointing to that, does Tyler Boyd become an option that you can look at in your starting lineups as a flex option in full PPR formats? If you're stuck, I mean, I've got him just inside the top 40 at the position. I'm not thrilled about it. We've seen this story before. If Jamar Chase plays and has a big day, T. Higgins has basically been four and a half catches for 55 yards when Chase goes over 100 yards over their career. So even if you're saying Boyd fills that void, which I'm not sure he will because I don't think he's a player T. Higgins is, you're looking at borderline 10 points in PPR, or best case scenario, that's a ceiling. Maybe he finds the end zone. I'm not betting on it. Tyler Boyd would still be outside my comfort zone. That's part of the depth of the conversation at the wide receiver position. I'd rather Hollywood Brown. I'd rather we mentioned Michael yep. Thomas earlier. I'd rather go that route. I'd rather roll the dice on Jordan Addison. You know, like there's there's better options than Tyler Boyd. All right. And then as we look at the tight end position here, Dalton Schultz, I will give you an opportunity to just wax poetically about Dalton Schultz here as you have been kind of pointing him out here as a player to start here over the past several weeks. He got it done in a big way. What are the expectations here for Dalton Schultz going into week 10? Well, I've pimped him for a few weeks, and if you put all those weeks together, it looks good, but we had one real dud week where I look like an idiot. So it is what it is, but I think he's outside the blob range, and by outside, I mean above it now, so that, that's a good spot to be. He's a weekly starter for me in this offense, just the way it operates. I still think he's the number two target earner in this offense, slightly ahead of Tank Dell. Tank Dell obviously offers the upside, but Schultz offers a nice target floor here, and that's really all we need at the tight end position, given how ugly it is. And Travis Kelsey's on by this week, people. So there is not – and all the tight ends, they're all in tough matchups. You look at the right. 49ers and Jags. Like, they've got two great tight ends. They're both in tough spots. So, yeah, Dalton Schultz, easy top ten for me. Yep, Dalton Schultz at tight end six on the week here for me. All right, let's move on to New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings here in this one. Derek Carr is someone that I did want to pause and talk about here. I actually did want to pause and talk about both quarterbacks in this matchup. Derek Carr, an intriguing streaming option to me. Uh, do you agree? Is he within that range for you? Where does he land in quarterback rankings? Yeah, I think he's interesting because of the way this offense functions. It's not a normal offense. They Instead of handing the ball off, they do dump down passes, which is fine. It's just as efficient, but for the quarterback it's more effective because you get fantasy points that way he's a fringe top 15 guy for me but it, it, there's a big tier here after you get outside of quarterback after you get really below eight I don't want to say it's a blob territory because it's not that big but 
you could really make the argument for anybody from about 10 to 16, all jumble them up and move them however right. you'd like. So if you have to stream, I'm not against doing it with Kari. You know, Olave's there. You've got the upside with Shahid, the floor with Thomas, and Kamara's there. So there's a lot to like there. I don't think the ceiling is that high, but the floor is pretty good. All right, and that a lot of people are going to be very, very interested to go out there and immediately plug in Joshua yeah, Dobbs after last week. And now that he knows his teammates' names, they're like, ah, this is the, the chemistry is there. He's, you know, it, it's going to be great for Joshua Dobbs here this week. Do we need to pump the brakes here just a little bit on Joshua Dobbs in Minnesota? I mean, I, I'd probably closer to slamming on the brakes. I mean, I understand <laughs> everything that happened here and that he's, he didn't know his team. Like, it was a great story. Don't get me wrong. But... You can't just like up his fantasy value by 25% now that he knows the names of his teammates. Now that he's not practicing snap counts on the sideline. It was a great story. It was a great production. I don't expect it to continue. He's outside my top 15. I'd rather Derek Carr in this game. New Orleans D yep. is legit. You still don't have Justin Jefferson in the mix. So you're looking at oh, you're looking at Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. Like this is going to be he's going to be a low rent Derek Carr. Yep. And TJ Hawkinson, we'll get to him in a second, banged up here in this one as well with a ribs and oblique injury. Alvin Kamara into starting lineups here as a top five option. Let's talk about Alexander Madison. No Cam Akers here for the remainder of the year as he unfortunately suffers yet another Achilles injury. We wish him a very speedy recovery here. But Alexander Madison, what are we doing with him here now that he is the lone dog in this backfield is they're going to get Ty Chandler more touches, but that could equate to five touches a week instead of two and a half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ty Chandler is just going to absorb 80% of what Cam Akers did and then lose the time. So you're, it's still net gain toward Madison here. He's a top 24 guy for me, a running back too, which is kind of where he's been for the last month and a half here. The upside isn't great, but he, and it, the scoring equity is a little limited based on what you think Dobbs is going to do, but he's the only guy getting carries and there's not a ton of there's just not a ton of workhorses in the NFL these days. I have him ahead of Brian Robinson, a guy like that that isn't yeah. getting a ton of volume. He's the lead back in Washington, but He's touchdown reliant. I think Madison's a little bit better than that. We've seen some involvement in the pass game here. So Madison, he's a boring but passable running back too for me. Yep, uh, volume play here, especially because of the matchup. If we had a more positive matchup, we would be right. talking about him a lot more favorably. New Orleans Saints allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs here this season. Let's talk about the wide receivers here in New Orleans. I'm going to kind of... Group them, clump them. I was trying to figure out what the word is there. Uh, as we talk about Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid, what are we doing here with these wide receivers? I mean, it's, it's I don't want to be a broken record here, but it's kind of Olave or bust, and, and that's scary because Olave hasn't been great. We saw him score last week. He's moving in the right direction, and the targets are still there. At the end of the day, I'm going to trust that. But this Minnesota defense, they're not the Minnesota defense from September. We're talking about a top 10 unit over the past month. So I think there is some risk here. Michael Thomas is going to recover. I mean, he was good for 10 points every week or in that range, the five for 60 kind of stat line prior to the goose egg last week, I would expect more of the latter or more of the former than the latter. So I think he's a fine flex play and Shahid, he's exactly what he is. I love yeah. him. I think he's a talented player, but you know exactly what you're getting when you sign up for that. I, I would prefer a guy like Demario Douglas where you're getting you're penciling in that floor over a guy like Shahid and a defense that's trending up. But again, it's matchup dependent. If you're a big underdog, no problem with playing Shahid. If you're a favorite or it's close and you're rolling the dice. Yep, exactly. It is all dependent upon what you need in that flex spot there. Uh, Rashid Shahid presents a ton of upside there, but I mean, the definition of boomer bust. We've talked plenty about that here so far this year. Justin Jefferson at returning to practice, which is a great sign, but is not expected to play here in this matchup. Looks like we're going to have to wait one more week to get Justin Jefferson back. Let's talk about Jordan Addison here. Jordan Addison, where does he land in the rankings for you in a tougher matchup? It is a tough matchup. We've seen Dobbs at least go to his wide receiver one. He got Hollywood like 27% of the share when he was in Arizona. So that's promising. But the floor is still low. I'm still not trusting Josh Dobbs as an every down passer. We saw him move with the legs, and that's great for Minnesota. That's great for his fantasy value. Doesn't help Addison a whole lot. I've got him outside my top 30. You could flex him if you want. I've got him next to like a struggling Tyler Lockett or around Gabe Davis, Jahan Dotson, Michael Thomas, guys like that that offer a similar kind of path to production here. He's risk reward. Yep, and complete agreement there. 
with you. As we look at the tight ends here, it's Taysom Hill, it's TJ Hawkinson. Like I said, TJ Hawkinson is banged up a little bit, but does expect to play. Monitor the practice reports here as we move. And then, of course, still come back to pfnfantasy.com. We've got injury reports coming out every single day here, monitoring these situations and the fantasy impact. Uh, Taysom Hill, I mean, Congratulations, Taysom Hill. You have been an incredibly talented and dynamic okay. athlete over the course of your career, uh, but you have been so frustrating to roster in fantasy football because of the consistency or lack thereof. Congratulations. You are now a consistent fantasy option, and I've had Taysom Hill in my lineup the past several weeks, and it has gone very well for me. Yeah. TJ Hawkins and Taysom Hill, if they are both playing, you are both pl you're playing them in your fantasy lineups. Let's move on to Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Nothing to break down here with the quarterbacks. Let's move on to the running backs here. Aaron Jones. What are we doing here with Aaron Jones after he is he back? Is he not back? What are we doing here with Jones this week? Yeah, I mean, a 41-29 snap share edge over A.J. Dillon last week's obviously encouraging. The 20 carries is basically what he had for the season prior to this. So it's it's trending in the right direction, but how much of that was game flow? Green Bay is not going to be in that spot very often. You don't get to play Brett Rippon very often in the National Football <laughs> League. It's just a fact of life here. But the fact that they trusted him to get him those carries, it, trust him in that kind of spot. It speaks volumes to me. It's enough to land him inside my top 20. I'm not making him a top 10 back or anything like that right now. This offense just doesn't provide enough upside. But if the touches are going to be there, I don't even need the 20 carries that he had last week. If you give me 15, that's good enough to be a top 15, top 20 back. Would you go Aaron Jones or would you go Kenneth Walker this week up against the Washington Commanders? I've got Aaron Jones ranked higher right now. At least the touch equities trending in the right direction. I don't know what we're doing with Kenneth Walker right now. I don't know either. Back-to-back -back games under 10 carries, but he was so productive prior. It's not like he was struggling. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's pump the brakes and get the rookie some touches in Zach Charbonnet. They're just they're moving away to a committee. I don't get it. I don't agree with it, but that's not my job. My job is to evaluate what we see. In that case, I'll go Aaron Jones trending in the right direction. Would you go Aaron Jones or would you go David Montgomery most likely going to be back here after two full practices up against the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, I've got Aaron Jones a few spots higher. I've got Jones, Kenneth Walker, Montgomery all within five spots. So you're in the right tier here. Montgomery, it worries me a little bit in the first week back. I get how productive he was and how used he was. But Jameer Gibbs didn't have a single 10 carry game in any of the games that Montgomery played. And I think that might be coaching malpractice if that happens again this week with Montgomery coming back from injury and Jameer Gibbs showing out over the last couple of weeks. So I do think the touch floor is a little lower than people want to admit for David Montgomery. That's why I've got him below Aaron Jones, but still inside my top 20. No, let's go full send on David Montgomery. I've got him above Aaron Jones here this Ooh, week. Wee. Not All by right. much, not by much here, but I do think David Montgomery is going to walk back into a pretty big workload here. And the goal line opportunity, we will break down that game That's in true. just a little bit. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, what are we doing here with these Pittsburgh Steelers running backs? I've got them basically back to back and just inside my flex ranking. Like it, it rinse and repeat with these idiots. I mean, they both played well last week. I get it. And they showed well against a good defense in Tennessee on Thursday night. So you can make the argument. They looked good against a good run defense. Now they have a week and a half to prepare for a Packers defense that isn't great. I, I'm not confident in Najee Harris. The explosion, it was there for like three weeks at the beginning of the season, not for like the three seasons prior or the next two months. So I'm not ready to trust that that's much of a thing. Jalen Warren, we went through him earlier. I do think the pass catching offers a nice floor. Green Bay's defense, like I said, under two and a half yards per carry over the last two weeks. I do think Warren can get loose a little bit here. He's got more explosion on the ground and more safety when it comes to the pass game. So they're basically back-to-back low-end flex plays. They're, they're options, not options I'm excited about, though. <laughs> Their options. This is the analysis that you get when you tune into the Week 10 Matchup Previews podcast here at Pro Football Network. Uh, let's move to the wide receivers here for the Green Bay Packers. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. Are any of these guys in your starting lineups this week? No. I mean, is Jordan Love that much different than Mac Jones right now? If I don't have to no. bet on him, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it at all. Not tight end, not wide receiver, not Jordan Love himself. What we saw in the early season was a flash in the pan right now. There is... There's no hierarchy in the Green Bay receiving core, even if I knew where the targets were going, but I don't, so no. None of them are worth starting. And it's frustrating, too, because the Pittsburgh Steelers allowing the fifth most yes. fantasy points to opposing <laughs> wide receivers. Like, this should be a matchup that we are very excited to play one of these guys here, and just, no, I can't I can't do it, especially with Christian Watson showing up on the uh, injury report here with, like, 15 different injuries oh, yeah. last it's week. It's like Dude head, got shoulder, knees, and toes. They're all hurting. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude got banged up big time. Hope he's okay. Uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Deontay Johnson at this point, like, congratulations, Deontay Johnson. You found the end zone. You're back into starting lineups confidently here. But George Pickens, man, what are we doing with George Pickens? I don't think George Pickens would start George Pickens <laughs> right now. He was, I mean, that lack of a toe drag. And don't get me wrong. These NFL athletes are 100 times better at anything than I ever will be. But how he didn't get that. And then he's complaining on social media. He ends up with fewer fantasy points than me or you had last week. Like, it, it wasn't pretty by any means. But, I mean, he, he, the upside's still there. You're talking guys like Gabe Davis and Jahan Dotson where we just don't know what these guys are going to do on a weekly basis. Pickens at least sees targets Deontay Johnson I like the compliment next to Pickens here so he's wide receiver 31 for me like I'm not thrilled about it but if you need to go that direction I don't blame you I play him over Gabe Davis who's trending in the wrong direction I play him over we mentioned Jahan or uh, Jordan Addison earlier I would go George Pickens over him because they're trying to stretch the field with Kenny Pickett I don't know if it's successful but they're trying I would go I would go Gabe Davis and Jordan Addison over George Pickens, okay. but they are very close in rankings. That's a, you know, kind of in the same tier. So I don't think that there's sure. a major issue there splitting those or switching those around. But I do think that without Justin Jefferson here this week, Jordan Addison's target volume is probably just a little bit safer. In my opinion, George Pickens at wide receiver 34 on the week here for me. Luke Musgrave, good to see him get involved here this past week. However, not involved enough here in this. You know, we've talked about the offense. We can't trust any of the wide receivers. We're not trusting Luke Musgrave here this week as a top 12 option, a streaming option at best for you. Let's move into Tennessee Titans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Will Levis, it's been great to see him, you know, come into the NFL. He looks the part here, not in the starting lineups here this week outside of the top 15 quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield is an intriguing streaming option here this week for me due to the matchup, but in that low-end QB1 here, high-end QB2 territory, that is where I've got him in rankings. Let's go to the running backs here. Derrick Henry, Tajay Spears. How are we approaching this Tennessee Titans backfield? This is one of the ones that defies logic here. Tajay Spears is on the field and getting all these snaps, and Derrick Henry's touching the ball in like 87% of his snaps. Like, he's just, they give him the ball when he's on the field, so I almost don't care that he comes off the field on occasion. Derrick Henry is still locked and loaded. It, it's a tougher matchup. I get that. Tampa Bay's run defense isn't too bad, but Derrick Henry in this spot, then he gets Jacksonville next week, and you know he kills Jacksonville. So yeah. I think you're on the Derrick Henry train for the long term here, you almost have to be. Yep, I've got Derrick Henry at RB13 on the week here, so into starting lineups. Let's talk about Rashad White. We've knocked Rashad White here. We have, <laughs> like, we've been, I'll just leave it at that. We've knocked Rashad White. But over the past three weeks here, Rashad White has been actually really good for fantasy. How are we approaching him here in a tough matchup against the Tennessee Titans run defense? See, the Rashad White thing is, I think he's kind of floating. He's staying where he is, and everybody else is just sinking. Like, Right. Do you have him over Bijan Robinson? Do you have him over Kenneth Walker? Like these guys that we don't no. know where the touches are. Rashad White, I don't think he has half the talent of those guys, but this isn't a talent-based game. You don't get like fantasy points for five stars on scouting reports here. Right. He's catching passes. He's providing weekly value. He's getting his 16 to 18 to 19 touches every single week. There's not a ton of scoring equity. There's not a ton of explosion. None of that. But the floor is there. It's hard to find at the running back position right now. He's a top 20 guy for me. Easy. I'm in agreement. He's a top 20 play for me, and I don't like it. Uh, let's go to DeAndre Hopkins here, your favorite wide receiver in the NFL. Where do we have DeAndre Hopkins in the rankings this week? Yeah, I almost have to bend the knee now a little bit here. I was out on him for like three months, and now he finally gets himself a quarterback, and I have to start bumping him up the ranks. He's a wide receiver, too, for me, which is as high as I've had him this season. Still think the volume is going to be limited to a degree in Tennessee, but they want to see what Will Levis has. And we know Will Levis has a big arm. Those two things go well with what DeAndre Hopkins does. Traylon Burks, we saw him get banged up. They really don't have any other options. they got to move the ball through the air, and defenses have to allocate attention to Derrick Henry. It really is that simple. DeAndre Hopkins... I still think he offers more risk than people are willing to admit, but the reward now is higher, is high enough to get him inside my wide receiver two conversation. I think that he's pushing high end wide receiver two conversation really? here okay, this where week you got because him? I've got him at 14 on the week here because oh. you look at that matchup. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are allowing 35.7 fantasy points per game, which is the second most in the entire NFL. Right. 
So like if we're not going to be confidently starting DeAndre Hopkins here without Traylon Burks, we expect Derrick Henry to be stifled with this run defense. They've got to turn to the air. Will Levis can air it out. Like everything is lining up here for DeAndre Hopkins. And at the same time, I will acknowledge that there is a ton of risk because we have not seen DeAndre Hopkins be a consistent option here up to this point of the season, but everything is pointing there for DeAndre Hopkins to be a very solid option here in lineups this week. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin on the other side of the ball. How are we approaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers? Evans is locked and loaded because you've got the touchdown equity and the connection with Baker. Like we just know what that is right now. It's not, it's not the most reliable thing and it does come with quite a bit of downside, but the fact that the upside is there and we've seen him experience the upside to me, that's enough. Chris Godwin's an interesting conversation here. Because the skill set doesn't match up, and I do think there's some repetition or repetitive nature in what Rashad White does with Chris Godwin in that short passing game. I still think the catches are going to be there. I, they weren't last week, and I bet on them, so trust me, well aware that that wasn't the case. Two catches for freaking 16 yards and a good matchup and a shootout where there's like 70 points scored. Right. Not thrilled, can you tell? But um, I think you're looking at five to seven catches like Chris Godwin has offered on a consistent basis. He's I don't want to say Michael Thomas, but that's kind of what he is. He's a flex option for me. Comes with consistency, but not much of a ceiling. Yep, I agree with you there. At the tight end position, Cade Otten, uh, really impressive performance here this past week. He's on the rise, but not to the point where we are considering him for starting lineups here just yet. Let's move into San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, both of them into starting lineups here this week as top 12 plays, but just because of... I think in large part due to the fact that we don't have Patrick Mahomes. We don't have Josh Allen here this week. Um, definitely guys that would rise up the rankings here because of that. As we look at the running backs, Christian McCaffrey's into starting lineups. Travis Etienne, he's into starting lineups. Uh, we're flying through this game. I love it. Uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel, full practices on both Wednesday and Thursday. Looks like he's going to be back. <laughs> uh, your favorite segment of the of the season oh, yeah. when we have all, all of these guys healthy. Who are you starting, Kyle Sappy, at the wide receiver position in San Francisco? Yeah, we're finally back, and now we get to put me back on record and trying to sort this through and pick the two that are going to produce, and I'll rank all three high because that's how you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to go by mean outcomes, and the mean outcome for all three is positive, and it won't be positive for all three because that's not how this ever works, but I do have Debo over Ayuk this week. I think both are solid plays and with George Kittle, but we know darn well one of them's going three catches for 17 yards and no touchdowns. Yep, I think that it's a situation you got to rank all of them as top 20 plays uh, at the wide, or both of them as top 20 plays at the wide receiver position. George Kittle in the top eight at the tight end position here, and there is a wide range of outcomes. Certainly, we know that at this point. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones. Zay Jones looking like he might return here this week. How are we approaching the wide receiver core in Jacksonville? Yeah, this is a little bit of a wait and see because this is offense just functions different when Zay Jones is out there and right. I will likely take a wait and see approach when it comes to Zay Jones as far as adjusting too much, but there's no denying that Christian Kirk was less used when Zay Jones was in there and that Calvin Ridley was a little bit more effective. So we'll see what all that holds. And Zay Jones has been out over a month, so him returning doesn't quite lock in exactly what it was prior to injury and it doesn't guarantee he stays on the field we've seen him come back right. and leave and come back and leave so we'll see there right now Christian Kirk is ahead of Kelvin Ridley in my ranks thinking that Zay Jones isn't near 100% but both are inside my top 24 this week Kelvin Ridley obviously on the low end Christian Kirk I think is flirting with wide receiver one status I will agree with you there George Kittle we talked about him into starting lineups. Evan Engram also into starting lineups here just based on the tight end position and the fact that he's seeing volume. That, that was a fantastic game to run it. through because it was super quick and easy. You're starting most of the options there. That should be a fun one to watch. Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens, another fun one that should be uh, that should be to watch here. As we look at Deshaun Watson not back into starting lineups here this week up against this Baltimore Ravens defense, I will go elsewhere. Lamar Jackson into starting lineups here, even though it is a tough matchup. The running backs. Let's break down the running backs here for the Cleveland Browns. Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong. How are we approaching the running back situation here in Cleveland? I think it's Ford over Hunt as far as value goes, but I don't think it's by that much, and I'm not overly optimistic in playing either. Obviously, you mentioned the great defense they're facing here. Baltimore, the best run or the best yards per play defense in the league. This game's going to be fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. This is going to be 1917 and come down to the very end, and I'll take the team with the better kicker. But man, I don't think it's going to have a ton of fantasy value here. Jerome Ford, I think you're probably looking at like 16 touches for. 57 yards and you're hoping right. he scores maybe but I'm not 
comfortably playing either. Jerome Ford, where do I have him right now, is running back 27 for me. So it, it, it kind of tells you all you need to know. If you have a better option, I would go that way, but you could do worse. Jerome Ford at RB26 on the week here for me at RB27 is Gus Edwards of the Baltimore Ravens here. So let's break down the backfield here in Baltimore. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell uh, did pop up on the injury report here yesterday. So be aware of that if you did pick up Keaton Mitchell off of the waiver wire here this week. And we're looking to start him here, which we would probably not have recommended here. But let's talk about Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. How are we approaching this backfield? I think it's Gus Edwards or bust at this point, just given the touchdown equity. And we don't exactly know where the carries are going. So give me the guy that's going to score more often than not. We've seen Gus score six times over the last three weeks. That's not going to continue. But we've been betting against Brian Robinson all season, and that just freaking continues. So we'll go down that road another day. But Gus Edwards is a fringe running back two high-end flex play. For me, that's about... It sounds like I'm a little higher on him than you just because of the touchdown equity and my trust in this offense as a whole. But there's no denying you're playing a Browns defense that doesn't give up a lot of scoring. So counting on a touchdown, a little more dangerous this week than most with Gus Edwards. All right. At the wide receiver position for Cleveland, it is Amari Cooper. I love Elijah Moore, but it's not happening here so far this year. So Amari Cooper, where does he land in the rankings for you? Yeah, we mentioned the tough matchup. He's just outside my top 24. I've got him at wide receiver 25. I've got him right around Tank Dell and another receiver in this game in Zay Flowers, where I think the downside probably outweighs the upside if you have a decision to make. If you can go with a Tank Dell and you're in a spot like that and you want to target the upside, I think the upside's greater and the floor is probably similar. But Amari Cooper, he's at least seeing looks. Deshaun Watson's shown some signs. It's not an ideal spot. He's just outside of my, my wide receiver two range. So I think you could get away with flexing him. I'm just not overly excited to have really anybody in this game. I complete agreement with everything you said. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 25 on the week here. I would go with Tank Dell, assuming that Nico Collins does not play here because of that upside in that game. Uh, Marquise Brown up against the Atlanta Falcons with Kyler Murray most likely Kyler, back. I yeah. would go with Marquise Brown there if you need that upside, right? That is the difference here between, I mean, we talked about the projected game script here is a 1917. It's coming down to the wire. This is going to be a defensive battle. This is not lending itself to a big blow up game here from Amari Cooper, but we have been fantasy analysts long enough to know that as soon as we say that Amari Cooper is going for 12 for 140 and a touchdown, right? Did we uh, see the it, Browns and Colts go for like 70 something points the other week with yep. an over under like 39? <laughs> yep, it's happening. Uh, we just spoke it into existence. Zay Flowers here. Uh, now that we know that this game is going to be a massive shootout here. No, Zay Flowers, where does he land in the rankings? You said just around that Amari Cooper range, correct? Yeah, I mean, if you told me there were going to be 70 points scored, he'd be a lot higher. But because I think it's going to be closer to 35 or 40, Zay Flowers, the upside just isn't there that we thought it would be. And we've seen floor, uh, floor outcomes over the last two weeks. There is concerns here. And those floor outcomes have come with Baltimore scoring a ton of points. Like, what happens if that dries up? I, I understand that this offense can hurt you in a variety of ways. And Zay Flowers is eventually going to be part of that. I, if it's this week, I'm not going to be there for it. Yeah, I think that the the projected game script, Zay Flowers just was not needed the past no. two weeks as they you know steamrolled both of their opponents there uh, with the Lions and Seahawks. But I think that he will be needed a little bit more here, so he moves a little bit up the rankings outside of you know versus the outside of the top forty eight where he finished the past several weeks here. Um, but I do think that there is if it was a more you know a, a nicer more positive matchup here, Zay Flowers would be higher in the rankings. I'm a little bit lower than you, Great. just outside my top thirty on the week. David Njoku, Mark Andrews, both into starting lineups here. Oh, well, I'll ask that. David Njoku, has he done enough here over the past several weeks to be considered in starting lineups? Yeah, he's tight end 10 for me. We've seen 23 targets over the last three games, so he is moving in the right direction. And you mentioned it earlier, we don't have any faith in a secondary pass catcher here. Not that I think there's going to be much in the way of production through the air, but that doesn't mean he can't catch five for 50 and be just fine at the tight end position. Right. I've got him at tight end 14 on the week here, but he is part of the blob, which is tight end 10 on uh, any of those guys could be ranked tight end 10 and you would not blink or hesitate. Let's move into the Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. We are going to get Kyler Murray back here this week. Kyle Sapi, does Kyler Murray get back into starting fantasy football lineups instantly? If you would have asked me this at the beginning of the season and I wasn't looking at the schedule, I would say, hell no. I would not throw him into my starting lineup 
right away in an offense that's really void of much in the way of playmakers. But now you're talking three normal starting quarterbacks on by. You're talking backup quarterbacks left and right. You're talking tough matchups across the board with guys like Deshaun Watson's in a tough matchup. We just talked up Derek Carr. Like, that's what this has come down to. Derek yep. Carr is playing a defense trending up, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Derek Carr <laughs> might be worth a look. Uh, it's That's the state of the quarterback position, not exactly how I saw it playing out in August, but Kyler Murray is my quarterback 10, and I might be too low. The upside is there with the legs. We know that. He's got Marquise Brown. We know that connection's there. Trey McBride's coming along for the ride. Nothing against that. And listen, if I get to bet on Kyler Murray, that's betting on fun and betting against Arthur Smith. Is there a better combination to go with? <laughs> I was going to present the exact same thought process, which is like Kyler Murray in a normal situation. No, I'm not considering starting him whatsoever. But as I look at my quarterback rankings, am I starting Kyler Murray? Am I starting Russell Wilson up against Buffalo? Like, (laughs) no, I'm going to go Kyler Murray there. Actually, I don't think that the rushing upside that we have seen from Kyler Murray in the past, he's not going to be at 100 percent. He's not going to be what he was prior to the injury last year. But I mean, in this matchup with the connections that he's got here in this offense, I agree with you. He is worth looking at here in this matchup. Now, let's uh, uh, Bijan Robinson. I mean, say what you want about Arthur Smith, but he's into starting lineups here. You can't sit yeah. Bijan Robinson and the talent level. Uh, still a top 15, but definitely trending in the wrong direction here. Tyler Algier outside of the top 24 running backs. James Conner has practiced in a limited fashion both Wednesday and Thursday. If James Conner plays, are you starting him here this week? I am is a low-end running back to high-end flex. So that's kind of a muddy area once you get outside the top 20 running backs, which is where I have them. You could argue going a – in a PPR league, I wouldn't mind going like a low-end flex receiver over him, thinking that you get the upside with the catches and things like that. But James Conner, I mean, we saw him getting the work in a big way. The guys behind him have done nothing. Amari DiMicrado, those guys, they're averaging three and a half yards a carry. Like, there's no reason for Connor not to get worked in other than his health. So if they're comfortable bringing him back, then I've got him at running back 23. That's a touch ahead of Jameer Gibbs, who, like you said, might lose work, should lose work, to David Montgomery. I've got him ahead of Brian Robinson and Ramondre Stevenson this week. Yep, I was just about to ask, would you go uh, Would you go James Connor if he comes back or Najee Harris up against the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm considering going Warren over Harris, so that tells you all you need to right. know there, but I would go Connor over both of them. Yep, agreed. All right, at the wide receiver position, Drake London trending towards playing here this week. Are we plugging him right back into starting lineups here? I mean, with what kind of confidence are we going to do that? <laughs> I mean, he, he's the number one guy in Atlanta, but he's still wide receiver 30 for me. He's in the George Pickens tier for me where it's like it's going to be hit and miss. You don't know exactly what you're getting. You don't trust the quarterback in a major way. And there, it's a run-first offense in a spot where we think their game script is going to favor the run. You you don't need to tell Arthur Smith to run the ball. And if you give him a 10-point lead, I can't imagine oh how many word. passes they're going to throw. <laughs> Drake London at wide receiver 30 on the week here for me as well. Marquise Brown, we talked about him earlier, right in that low-end wide receiver 2 territory for me. Do you agree here? Yeah, he's my number one receiver in this game. I prefer him to London. The upside is greater. We mentioned the connection with Kyler Murray in years past here. Obviously, there's risk. There's risk in Marquise Brown in a perfect week, let alone a quarterback that hasn't played all season that relies on his legs. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, Marquise Brown, wide receiver 14. Feel great about it. He's 27 for me. He's in the Tank Dell neighborhood here. Tank Dell obviously offers similar upside with a quarterback that's a little more proven. This season, Kyler Murray has the track record. So to me, that's right where he falls. A reasonable flex option. All right. And then as we look at the tight end position here, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith, Trey McBride, all of those guys, I feel like have an argument to be like tight end 10, 11, and 12 in rankings here this week. What do you think of the tight end situation here in this matchup? Yeah, you're the Johnny Whisperer, so I'll trust you there. But, I mean, he took a screen past 60 yards. Are we really banking on that happening two weeks in a row or two weeks in a season? Hey, how many tight ends in the NFL can take a screen past 60 yards? Not many. Not many. So I'll give you that. But I wouldn't have put, in all fairness, I wouldn't have put Johnny Smith on that list this time last week. So who knows? Maybe maybe Trey McBride does it. Same game, different story. McBride Trey McBride, a good DFS option for me. You pay way down at the tight end position. You get access to this game. But... Other than that, I don't feel great about any of these guys. I do have Pitts over Smith as far as tight ends in Atlanta go. But again, you're betting on an Atlanta pass game 
that we're not sure is going to be voluminous in a big way this week. Ooh, voluminous. Uh, Trey McBride, like I said, uh, Trey McBride at tight end 10 on the week here for me. John o. Smith at tight end 12. Uh, I had Cole Komet at tight end 11, and then Kyle Pitts at tight end 13. So okay. all right in that range there. Uh, I do think that you can roll with any of them, but... Be prepared for disappointment. Uh, I will say Sounds Michael like Wilson at the wide receiver position here for Arizona. Uh, limited practices on both Wednesday and Thursday. Might not play here this week, but worth picking up and stashing if you have the Agreed. space on the bottom of your bench here with Kyler Murray back. We could see Michael Wilson be a fantasy relevant option here very, very soon. Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Chargers. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, both into starting lineups here based on the quarterback position, but into that low-end quarterback one territory. As we look at the running backs, we broke this down a little bit earlier, but let's break it down again. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, what are we doing here with these two running backs? I've got Montgomery at 17, Gibbs at 24. I think this is going to be closer to a split, maybe 60-40 in favor of Montgomery, not the like 85-15 that we saw earlier in the season. If nothing else, just working back from an injury puts you in a spot like that. But the fact that Dan Campbell was so willing to give the reins over to Jameer Gibbs the second David Montgomery got hurt makes me think that he's confident in the kidneys. Certainly showed out over the last couple of weeks here, proving that he can produce at this level both between the tackles and as a pass catcher to some degree. So I'm thinking David Montgomery's still ahead in the fantasy pecking order, but I don't think it's the wide gap that we saw earlier in the year. Yeah, I will agree with that. I think that this is going to be a little bit closer than what it was prior to Dave Montgomery's injury. However, I do have Montgomery higher and I have the same sort of gap, but I have them slid up the rankings because okay. I think that we're going to see the running backs here do quite a bit in this matchup here up against sure. the Los Angeles Chargers. I think David Montgomery, when they get into the red zone, he is the option, right? We could see Jameer Gibbs utilize more in between the 20s and then David Montgomery. Once they get inside the red zone, that is going to be his territory. An excellent bet to find the end zone here this week. Jameer Gibbs, I, I will say too, you said Dan Campbell was so willing to give the ball to Jameer Gibbs when David Montgomery, I, the other option was Craig Reynolds. So I think there's, that needs to be taken into a context That's here. Fair. I think there is a lower floor with Jameer Gibbs, but still in the low end RB2 territory here for me this week. As we look at the other side of the ball, Austin Eckler has not been certainly the performances that we've expected from him with his, what, 20, 20 total touchdowns in one season the past couple years here. Austin Eckler, though, still into starting lineups. As we look at the wide receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown into starting lineups here. No one else really to talk about here. From Detroit, uh, Keenan Allen, as we look at him, he is into starting lineups here. Quentin Johnston, I just want really quick, like, can we drop Quentin Johnston? Are we good moving on from him? Depends who you're dropping him for. That's always kind of the conversation here. He still has a path for the wide receiver two role in theory while Josh Palmer's on IR. But no, I don't blame you at all. If you want to go with, I don't think it would be crazy to start Donovan Peoples-Jones over Quentin Johnston in this game. Oh, that says a lot. Uh, Joshua Palmer, too, worth noting here, uh, landed on IR. However, does not have a timetable for his return yeah, with the knee sprain. So too. that is a situation to monitor there. I would love to see Joshua Palmer come back and be ready for a deep playoff push because I have him freaking everywhere. Uh, but we will have to wait and see on that. Quentin Johnson, though, I just he needs more development. He needs more time. It's not happening here this year, in my opinion. Great. Sam Laporta, 10 and 1 on the week here for me, man. T oh, Sam Laporta okay. into starting lineups here, locked in at this point. Gerald Everett, Donald parham flex options a dart throw for both of them can't guarantee either one of them does anything here let's get to the most exciting game of the week your new york giants at the dallas cowboys as we look at this one is tommy devito baby uh dak prescott into starting lineups here this week just based on what he's been doing here but there is a low floor i will say with dak prescott because of the yeah. projected game script we saw here. In week one prescott right prescott could be done uh throwing the ball by the end of the first quarter in this one as we look at saquon barkley tony pollard what are we doing here with both of these running backs this was the easiest, like we write 20,000 words for this crazy preview. This was the easiest game to break down because I, I kept coming back to the Giants. I'm like, is there, is there anybody I need to talk? Like, I don't need to talk about a quarterback. I don't really need to talk about much other than the way of pass catchers here. Saquon Barkley should be just fine. If they're going to stay competitive, it's because Saquon's getting 39 touches and eventually one of those goes for something. I don't have high hopes that that happens, but he should be featured early and often. He's a starter. He just is. You know he's getting 20 touches, and you know he has the single play upside. What are we doing here with Tony Pollard? Hasn't found the end zone since week one where he scored twice, but that was up against the New York Giants. So what are we doing here with Tony Pollard in this one? Yeah, I put him on notice, and I'm pretty sure Tony Pollard tunes into our DFS podcast, so he's well aware of what I said. He's basically dead to me if he doesn't do something this week. I'm done poking him with a stick and seeing if he will do something <laughs> with all of this volume in this offense. 
Tony Pollard is dead to me if he can't do something of note here. I've got him in DFS this week, and I've got him across the board in season-long leagues, and we talked about a lot this summer. And I stand by our analysis being correct that he was being priced at the end of round two. We were saying he's a potential round one guy. I think we were right on the right scent, like the right zip code, wrong house at this point, though. He hasn't done much with it. We thought the efficiency would be there. We were citing all that stuff, the scoring opportunities, Dak's on a heater, all of that. I need some Tony Pollard in my life. That is the only reason I'm watching this game. Uh, running back 37 fantasy finish in week eight, running back 28 in week nine. And then yes. you go back to week five, running back 31, week four, running back 27. This is not what we expected wow. here when we invested highly in Tony Pollard. This is the spot where he needs to prove that he can handle a large workload because you've seen only 12 carries each of the past two weeks here for Tony Pollard. They're not featuring him, whereas weeks two and weeks three, it was 25 carries, 23 carries. Like they yeah. were leaning on Tony Pollard. Here, they have not done that recently. We'll see if that can get back here on track in a matchup where, again, like I said, Dak should be done throwing the ball by the end of the first quarter. Uh, wide receivers, I'm legitimately New York. No, stay completely, stay as far away as humanly possible as you can here. CD Lamb, I mean, if we're projecting this game script here, it's got to be CD Lamb is into your starting lineups because it's CD Lamb and you don't have many better options. But outside of that, I mean, it's got to be stay away just because of the game script, right? In theory, I get a lot of those questions here on Twitter, on the Discord, on anything like that. It's like, oh, how far does Dak fall down your rankings? Or how far down does CeeDee Lamb go? It's like, well, if they're up 40 to nothing, it's not always going to be defensive scores that get him there. Like, the odds are pretty good that the passing played at least a role in that. And I think you have to trust the process when it comes to that, that they will play a part in them potentially running away with a game that's a 16, 17 point spread. So, yeah, you're playing both. If you want to get cute and go the other way in DFS or something like that. But there's no way you have two or three receivers in a better spot than CD Lamb. Right. Uh, and then Jake Ferguson here. I mean, a great opportunity. You got to get him into starting lineups here. He yeah. is, as you said, in the cheat sheet ahead of the tight end blob. Uh, yes. All right, let's move into Washington Commanders at the Seattle Seahawks in this one. Sam Howell continues to get it done for fantasy here. Uh, just on a heater. The volume is there here for Sam Howell. And we saw too. It, I will point this out. We saw Sam Howell. Over the first several weeks of the season, just taking sack after sack after sack oh, yeah. is, was ridiculous. Now, he has barely been touched here over the past several weeks. Here. He's getting the ball out of his hands much, much quicker. Sam Howell at quarterback 12 on the week here for me. Geno Smith in that same range of rankings. Derek phrased it on our Start Sit podcast on Wednesday as, this is a trust fall. Do you agree with that? With Geno Smith in this matchup here up against Washington as sort of a trust fall play? It's a trust fall for a guy I don't trust. So, I mean, that kind of tells you where we're at there. I'm not falling into his arms. He'd let me down. Not like Tony <laughs> Pollard, who's going to pick me back up this week. But, yeah, no, Gino, I mean, he's, he is what he is. I think, I think the Geno Smith narrative, people are hanging on to Pryor's a little too long here. He was bad for like a decade and good right. for a season. And everybody's saying he's regressing in a big way this season, which compared to last season, sure. But the prior decade, I mean, come on yeah. now. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Najigba, I'll give him opportunities to succeed. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the ceiling is there, but the floor, this Washington defense isn't very good. So I understand where we're going here and that you could fall into trusting him. I, I'm just not there. There's 14, 15 guys I'd rather do that with. All right. I have Geno Smith at quarterback 11 on the week here. Oh, and that okay. is because, well, and again, it's because are you, more confident starting Geno Smith or are you starting Russell Wilson are you starting Baker Mayfield Derek Carr like that they're all sort of in that same range here uh that he is one spot ahead of Kyler Murray though I will say that but has the potential to move as we get closer to Sunday make sure to come back pfnfantasy.com for our consensus rankings that come out on Sunday morning Brian Robinson Kenneth Walker we'll kind of group both these guys together here what are we doing here with these running backs here in this game Brian Robinson Kenneth Walker I wish I could tell you with confidence what we're doing. Again, we said it earlier. I don't know what's going on with Kenneth Walker. The fact that he could go from one of fantasy's top 10 running backs to a guy that's not getting 10 carries a game is terrifying to me. And the fact that they're saying it's not injury related. We just want to see what Charbonnet has. And then if, like, I don't trust Geno Smith to put this offense in a good spot. And if that's going to be the case, and you're talking under 12 or 15 touches for Walker, that's terrifying. But at the end of the day, I'm still trusting the talent, still trusting the lead role. Like, you could say what you want about Zach Charbonnet. He's not taking over the lead role for Kenneth Walker, so he's still a running back, too, for me. As far as Brian Robinson goes, he's defying logic, man. He's he's 
crushing spreadsheets and that that hurts my soul it really does i hate when people do that because it's not something you can project and it's not something i'm ever going to project so if i'm going to be wrong i'm going to be wrong on brian robinson another seven or eight times this year because he just needs touchdowns the volume isn't really there in a big way the per carry production outside of scoring really isn't there in a big way antonio gibson getting a little more usage of late that's not great but he keeps scoring which means he stop. he continues to finish his running back 20 just yep. no matter what he does, he can't fail if he's scoring. So there's that. But again, I'm not starting him if I can help it. He's running back 25 for me. He's in the Ramondre Stevenson zone, and that's not a place you want to be in the Kyle Sapi power <laughs> rankings. Running back 25 on the week here for me as well with Brian Robinson. Kenneth Walker a little bit further up the board there at running back 15. We'll see if this the game script has been interesting here with Kenneth Walker. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy coming into uh, the week prior there. Uh, off of that big performance where he saw 28 total touches against Arizona, then mm-hmm. you know, and then last week the buzz saw that was the Baltimore Ravens. He was game scripted out there. So uh, this will be interesting to see with Kenneth Walker taking a little bit of a leap of faith here that we are still going to see him as the lead option here in the defense that just traded away, like we have talked about, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, not as strong of a unit as it once was. Terry McLaurin here as the wide receiver one here for the Washington Commanders, locked into starting lineups here. But as we look at Jahan Dotson, what are we doing here with Dotson? I love the volume we've seen lately from him and from McLaurin. I mean, frankly, Sam Howell getting the ball out. It's funny how this works. Him getting the ball out faster means more pass attempts, which means more targets. It's it's mind-boggling how that math works. And I, I think Jahan Dotson is an NFL talent. Terry McLaurin, obviously the alpha target earner. Nobody's going to deny that. But Jahan Dotson offers the kind of per-play upside. So if you're feeding him six to nine targets a week, like he's going to make one of those plays – kind of pan out here I and you could rinse repeat I guess our analysis of Gabe Davis this preseason like that's kind of the direction I'm taking in Dotson now it's oh he offers per target upside and I'm penciling him for a bunch of targets so eventually one of those is going to break that's kind of where I'm at on him I've got him as wide receiver 32 which is almost destined to be wrong he's either going to be wide receiver right. 22 or 52 so I mean take that with a grain of salt but I am comfortable flexing him in a spot that I think I'm not that worried about Seattle. I like Howell. He's my quarterback 11 this week. So I do think there's going to be production through the air. Dotson gets a piece of that pie. It only takes one play with him. The fantasy finishes for Jahan Dotson this year are absolutely hysterical. Uh, Wide receiver 48, wide receiver 85, 83, 28, 56, 146, 46, 7, nine <laughs> the past two weeks here wide receiver seven and wide receiver nine uh if we uh, curtis samuel depending on his availability there will dictate you know what we do with Jahan dotson here this week and where exactly he ranks because the upside is there with curtis samuel out of the lineup here Jahan dotson right in that same range where did you say you had him wide receiver 32 32 I've got him wide receiver 32 as well. We are more in sync here this week. I don't like that. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. What are we doing here with the Seattle Seahawks wide receivers? I mean, if you guys are willing to trust fall with Geno, then I'm guessing you probably have these receivers ranked higher than I do. DK Metcalf for me right now, I get that he's healthy allegedly. Like he's dealing with a hip injury. It was ribs earlier in the season. He had one catch last week. One catch. I get that it went for 50 yards, so it pays off to some degree. And he's still DK Metcalf. He's still a monster. And that's just hard for anybody, especially a defense sans talent to cover. But uh, he's he's falling. He's falling in a hurry here. He's wide receiver 22 for me. And I don't love it. Tyler Lockett, who I have every single season for a decade now, is wide receiver 34. I don't think the last time I had him ranked that low, I, I don't think I was employed to talk about fantasy. Maybe <laughs> the two things were connected there. But Tyler Lockett, he's, he's Gabe Davis for me. Like At this point... I have Gabe Davis at 33, Lockett at 34, just because I I want Josh Allen's crazy YOLO strategy over whatever we're seeing out of Geno Smith these days. It's not good for me. I'm keeping him rostered by all means, but he's on my bench. Plus matchup, but DK Metcalf at wide receiver 19 on the week here. DK Metcalf this season, and yes, like you said, he's been battling through some injuries, so it comes with a little bit of an asterisk here, but has not finished as a top 20 wide receiver at any point so far this year, DK Metcalf. Shocked to learn that just the other day. Uh, we feel like we just we plug in DK Metcalf as a top 15 option in the lineups every single week, right? It's freaking DK Metcalf, but has not been as you zoom out. I talked about that the other day on the podcast. As you take that bird's eye view, you zoom out a little bit here. 
go, oh man, this actually hasn't been as pretty for DK Metcalf. Wide receiver 42, wide receiver 47 fantasy finishes over the past two games there. We'll see if that changes here this week. Then at the tight end position here, Logan Thomas, part of that tight end blob here. You can look his way if you need to, but in that low end tight end one, high end tight end two conversation. Let's move into Sunday night football. Man, the primetime schedule uh, this week. We need to have some. We need to have some conversations. New York Jets at the Las Vegas Raiders here. I'm, I'm running backs. Brees Hall, Josh Jacobs. Are they are they into starting lineups? What are we doing with both these guys? They are because this game's gonna see like I don't know fifty plays a piece, and sixty five percent of them are gonna be running plays. And these two are the featured backs in their respective offenses. I don't know that it's gonna be pretty, but Josh Jacobs showed sign of life. Brees Hall's been great. I mean, he's. He's their only hope in moving the ball at this point. Garrett Wilson, I get that he's productive here and there, but then he puts the ball on the ground, and he has some struggles here and there, and then Zach Wilson is in charge of getting him the ball. The quarterbacks for both these offenses are very limited. You know what they can do? They can hand the ball off with the (laughs) utmost accuracy. I am confident in that, so I'm confident in both running backs. We need to give Garrett Wilson, like, so much credit for what he is doing with Zach Wilson. He is oh a my saint. word. The patience that this man has. Uh the past three weeks for Garrett Wilson, 12 targets, 13 targets, 13 mm-hmm. targets here, has finished as a top 24 wide receiver each of those weeks. I think he's locked into starting lineups here at this point. He's wide receiver 12 on the week here. Imagine, mm-hmm. just imagine what he could be doing. If he's doing this with Zach Wilson, imagine what he could be doing with Aaron Rodgers. I feel so robbed of that joy. Uh, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers here with Aiden O'Connell. This is a very, very tough match for the Las Vegas Raiders passing attack. What are we doing here with Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers this week? Well, first, I want to take some exception. You said you're here complaining about the primetime schedule, completely overlooking the fact that we have Jacoby Myers in primetime, which is just four words, or I guess primetime's one word, so three words that I never have a problem with in a given week. Jacoby Myers is that dude, but he and... Devontae are both wide receiver twos for me, partly because I don't know where the targets are going to go on a consistent basis between them. I'm not sure the targets are all that valuable. And like you said, a tough matchup. But at the same time, these two are getting half the targets in Vegas these days. So the volume should be there. And there's some touchdown equity if they can get close. But this is another one of those. This will be a less exciting 1917 game than the <laughs> Browns and, uh, and Ravens. But one of them's got to do something. If not both of them, maybe one scores and the other gets seven catches. Hey, you said one of them's got to do something. I mean, we said that last night about the Bears and Panthers. One <laughs> team's got to do something, and neither did. So wow. we'll see how this plays out. Michael Mayer trending up, but not necessarily into starting lineups here at this point. Let's move into Monday Night Football here. Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen into starting lineups here. We will. I mean, Russell Wilson, I said, I've got him at quarterback 13 on the week here. So no. do I feel supremely confident in that? Absolutely not. But Russell Wilson has thrown the fifth most passing touchdowns in the Except NFL this season after last year when we had bathroom watch or whatever it was, with, was so the Russell, <laughs> with Russell Wilson and his touchdown passes. He's actually been getting the job done. So Russell Wilson here, a decent streaming option, but you are looking at him purely because you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen on by here this yeah. week. Uh, as we look at the running backs here, Javante Williams, what are we doing with Javante Williams here this week? I think it's all systems go for Javante. I mean, how can you not? He's my running back 12 Buffalo, obviously the banged up defense and as optimistic as we are in Russell Wilson and the touchdown passes and continuing to play kind of above his head for what we expected. If they keep this thing close, it's because Javante's got 15 to 20 carries for like 85 yards. I think he's got a chance to score. This Buffalo defense isn't what we thought it was coming into the year, mainly because of injuries, but don't rule out Josh Allen putting this putting the Broncos in position to score here with a boneheaded play here or there. So I think Javante, between scoring equity and touch count, a locked-in starter probably this week and moving forward with confidence. I think we have to look at Javante Williams, uh, you know, in a different light here. We've been kind of pumping the brakes on Javante with the injury and his, mm-hmm. you know, working his way back here. 27 carries, 30 oh, yeah. total touches in week eight before the bye week. So now he's got another full week to rest up here. I think it's going to be all systems go, like you said, for Javante this week. I've got him at RB16 on the week with the potential to climb as we get closer to Sunday. James Cook, Leonard Fournette. What are we doing here? I do expect Leonard Fournette to be activated here this week. We'll see if that actually happens. But what are we doing here with the Buffalo Bills running backs? I'll wait to downgrade James Cook on a Fournette basis until I see it. I don't know what Fournette's going to offer. I don't know how in shape he is. I don't know any of that stuff. 
but he is a talented player that has a versatile skill set. So there is risk to consider there moving forward. If James Cook has a big game here and you want to sell him, I completely understand that. But playing the worst yards per carry defense in the league, James Cook, the clear number one option in this offense. We've seen some pass catching upside here and there. I mentioned the scoring equity that this offense is going to have. So James Cook's my running back 18, and I feel pretty good about it. Yep, I've got him in that same range as well here this week. As we look at the wide receivers here, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy for Denver. How are we approaching this wide receiver room? I mean, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I think Sutton is basically the wide receiver version of Brian Robinson where he relies on touchdowns and he's just doing it every single week. That's a concern moving forward. Less so in this spot against the defense. I don't trust. So I'm happy with Cortland Sutton as a low end wide receiver two for me, for me this week. Jerry Judy is outside of that. I can't trust him right now. Not that he's completely out of lineups. I've got him at, yeah, just, just inside my top 30. So he's, he's on the flex radar. Don't get me wrong there. I do think the targets will be there, but man, it's been a tough ride with him. And you're basically counting on touchdowns out of this passing game because they don't rack up a ton of yardage and all those looks are going to Sutton. It's been a tough ride with him. I see what you did there. Uh, Cortland Sutton here, Let's ride. a touchdown, <laughs> touchdown in six of eight games. So yeah, far this year, Brian for Robinson. Portland Sutton, <laughs> Brian Robinson through and through. I love the I love the comparison here. Uh, as we look at the Buffalo Bills side of things here, Stephon Diggs, we know who he is. You're getting him into starting lineups. Gabe Davis. I mean, this is the Gabe. This is the epitome uh. of the Gabe Davis experience here is that you go from 23 fantasy points in one week to zero the following week here. Gabe Davis, wide receiver. I mean, I said this in week, what did I say this? Week two? It's like Gabe Davis is going to be wide receiver 32 or wide receiver 30 in my rankings every single week. I'm going to put him there, and I have zero clue where he's going to finish at the end of it. What are we doing with Gabe Davis in this matchup? It was so irritating. Coming off the great <laughs> week eight, where my man is showing different skill sets. He's running short routes. He's showing deep routes. And then he plays the Bengals, who give up more deep passes than anybody. And it's like, oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. He's going to get the short ones. That's going to be his floor. He's going to hit a long bomb. He's going to be a top 10 guy. This idiot, Kyle Sopp, who's going to rank him as wide receiver 17 for the week and feel great about it, bet him everywhere, and tell everybody to start Gabe Davis because <laughs> this is it. We are here. I'm Charlie Brown, and I'm going to kick the freaking football this time. <laughs> you know what? It was pulled out again because that's what happens with Gabe Davis and that's what's going to happen again this week. I'm going to put him at I'm going to put him at 37 instead of 17 and he's going to be way up there. I don't know. I would love to tell you I'm confident in my Gabe Davis ranking. I am not. Is he going to see Patrick Sertan? Who knows? Maybe they put him on on Gabe Davis and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll just triple cover Diggs and figure stuff out that way." Maybe it's the other way around and Sertan's on Diggs and then Gabe Davis is running free. I have no freaking idea. Right now I'm benching Gabe Davis. But my God, if, if you had a, I can't think of seven players in these rankings and we rank like 300 players. I don't yeah. think there's seven guys I'm less confident in. I love the comments that come through on Twitter or YouTube and stuff like that are like, how bad <laughs> are you timers. at ranking? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, how bad are you at ranking like your accuracy competition scores and all this Whatever. sort of stuff? I was like, you try ranking Gabe Davis every <laughs> single week. You try ranking these players and see how you do. Uh, Gabe Davis here uh, again, I, Boomer bust option. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, but into that same range of rankings here, wide receiver 30-ish in my rankings here this week. <clears throat> Khalil Shakir is trending up. I will say if you've got space on the bottom of your bench here, pick up and stash Khalil Shakir is an option here, especially in deeper leagues that I am excited to see if this continues to grow. Dalton Kincaid seeing the target volume here over the past several weeks here. He is locked into starting lineups. That's it. We just did it. Ran through everything. Week 10 matchup previews podcast is in the books here. Kyle Sapi, any final words of wisdom for the people before we get out of here? No, I mean, I'm glad we get Gabe Davis on Monday because he doesn't get the chance to ruin my Sunday. So we'll go <laughs> that way and we'll take Monday as it comes. And maybe I rank him low and bet on him. That way I can't com be completely wrong or completely out of luck. All right, make sure to go over pfnfantasy.com for all of the latest injury updates. You'll find our rankings, consensus rankings there, ready to help guide you, and especially our start-sit optimizer, absolutely free to use at pfnfantasy.com. Make sure to check that out here. The link for that can be found in your YouTube or podcast show description. All right, that'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.